Welcome to the Auditorium, a portal to the fringes of culture. <laughs> oh, she, why did she do it? Why did she do it? Oh, let's, right, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I just need, I just need the right tune. Let's have a look. No, I, no, that's so good. The stupid iPod, I didn't press that. What? Ah, put it on shuffle, it's bound to come up with something. I've got to have something on here that's suitable. <laughs> What's this? Bloody hell. Captain Sensible! Oh, happy talk. <laughs> it's just as coolly inappropriate. It's almost ironically inappropriate for how I feel. Oh, come on, Shuffle. Come on, come up with something. I need something to top myself to. Oh, God, in a weird way, that that's apt. But what? What are you listening to that for? Oh, just... You look terrible. What's wrong? Um, I've had it, Dave. I've had enough. I've had enough. Sick what? of it all. Sick what? of the whole You're sick thing. of the birdie song? We'll just turn no, it off. No, I'm not sick of it. It's probably, ironically, the one thing I'm not sick of is the birdie song. It's a work of genius. But um, I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. My missus. Oh, not but, again. Is she, who's she run off with this time? It's it's apparently, allegedly, the milkman. She, she hasn't done the milkman before, has she? We don't have a milkman. Oh, that's why. You know, that's that's how far it's got. She's done every other utility. She's done the gas man, the electricity guy, the the the, the, the guy that comes around trying to sell you stuff, you know, yeah. like pots and pans and that. So she just run off with a milkman? She did the internet guy, and we, we've never even seen him. He was pretty hot, actually. What? N- nothing. And, and there was uh, uh, the window guy. I mean, you know, we don't... I clean the windows, so... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. That's <laughs> tough. It's tough. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, you know, like you just hang. I want to shuffle off this. No, 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 no. Don't talk. Don't talk like that, Dave. Don't, don't. That's that's silly talk. It's not silly talk. It is. I've got to do it. It's 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 time. It's time, Dave. Dave, you've got so so. There's so much to. What? To, to, to li- well, we're only halfway through the series for a start. Oh, th- thanks. Well, no, no, not just that. But I mean, I'm not just thinking of our listener, uh, listeners. I'm just, you know, you've got to, you just got to, ha- you have some hope. Time is a great healer, Dave. No, Don't do anything no, rash. It's not great healer. That's it. I've had it. All I need is a is a really miserable song to to top myself to, and that'll be great. And all I've got for some reason, all I've got on my iPod is asinine, upbeat, nonsense pop. It's like I'm an idiot savant that only listens to seven-year-olds' music. Oh, what's this? Just listen. That's Katrina and the Waves. Some See what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I can't top myself to Katrina and the Waves. So what, the only thing that's holding you back is is a, is a really, really gloomy, depressing song? Yes, exactly. Yes, ah. I need something really downbeat. I, well, actually, I think I can help you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got today's talk yeah. is, is absolutely right up your alley. It's about a song called Gloomy Sunday. Oh, that sounds brilliant! Yeah, yeah. So uh, Angie Mariani is is giving the talk, and and apparently this this was the song of choice for for you know jilted lovers and 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 suicidal people wanting the perfect piece of music to <laughs> to shuffle off this mortal coil to. Brilliant, Dave! You've really cheered me up. That sounds fantastic. Let's My, listen. Fantastic! High five! High, high five! High Come five! Ah, uh, that's great. The grief that I knew was beyond all consoling. The beat of my heart was a bell of 
saddest of Sundays, Shomoru Vajarnap. That was Diamanda Gallas singing Gloomy Sunday. That's a very notorious song, Gloomy Sunday, and it's subject to all sorts of legends. Now, the legends center around these things. The story of Rezo Ceres, the unlucky songwriter. The story of the deaths. It is most famously known for being linked to suicides. The story of all the lyrics and the lyricists and the story of the worldwide ban. We're going to be playing it later tonight. We don't even know if we're allowed to play this song. And also the story of the many, many recordings. There's been over 200 artists who have recorded this song. So Gloomy Sunday Today still inspires many musicians and filmmakers trying to make sense of the song and the feelings it generates. Now Rezo Ceres, the guy who wrote it, was born in Budapest in 1899. He played the piano with one hand and wrote many songs, including the song I Love Being Drunk. The story is that one day he was dumped by his fiancée for being a failed songwriter. Now this is a very familiar story for musicians. So he, he sat down and he wrote Gloomy Sunday in 1933. At first, it was rejected by many publishers who described it as having a weird but highly depressing melody and rhythm. But then it became a huge hit, like a Hungarian feelings. Now, the legend part of the story is that he had a reunion with his fiancée and sent her the lyrics of the song the week it became famous. Now, the very next day, she killed herself with poison, with the lyrics of Gloomy Sunday by her side. The fact is that Rezo Ceres himself died by suicide in 1968. He survived jumping out of a window, but later he choked himself to death with a wire. The fact was also that his mother died in a Nazi forced labor camp during the Second World War, although he survived. The fact is also that the Hungarian suicide rate is very high, and until recently the highest in the world. There is also a high rate of mental disorders, alcoholism, and early death rates. Amongst the facts, there's lots of urban myths about the song. In 1936, in Budapest, a shoemaker's death was investigated, and the lyrics were his suicide note. In Berlin, a young man blasted himself after requesting a band to play Gloomy Sunday and saying that he couldn't get it out of his head. In New York, in New York a typist gassed herself and left a request that Gloomy Sunday be played at her funeral. A young shop assistant hung themselves after hearing the song. A young person drowned while clutching a copy of the suicide song. An 80-year-old man jumped to his death, followed by the sounds of the song. An errand boy in Rome jumped off a bridge when he heard a busker playing it. The list of myths is, is very, very long, and it cites maybe 17 suicides, or 100, 200, even 400 deaths. But of course, the post-mortems cannot confirm the number of deaths, because the death certificates do not say death by broken heart, or song written by a Hungarian. A famous article, Overture to Death, by Dee MacDonald, is often quoted in connection to the song, but it, because it lists all the various deaths which are elaborated on by others.
What I find interesting and less gruesome about Gloomy Sunday is the history of the lyrics and the lyricists and how the song has evolved. Rezo Ceres wrote the original lyrics, but this song was rejected by publishers as being too gloomy. The literal translation of his words are, It is autumn, and the leaves are falling, all love has died on earth, the wind is weeping with sorrowful tears, my heart will never hope for a new spring again, my tears and my sorrows are all in vain, people are heartless, greedy and wicked, love has died, the world has come to its end, hope has ceased to have a meaning, cities are being wiped out, shrapnel is making music, meadows are coloured red with human blood, there are dead people on the streets everywhere, I will say another quiet prayer, people are sinners, Lord they make mistakes, Mistakes. The world has ended. <sighs> then, <laughs> Lashlaw. Thank you. <laughs> Another songwriter, Lashlaw Javor, then wrote alternative lyrics about sorrow over a lost love who has died. Gloomy Sunday with a hundred white flowers. I was waiting for you, my dearest, with a prayer. Now, the most famous lyric is written by Sam M. Lewis, and it is his song that Billie Holiday made into a massive hit in 1941. It's very similar to Lajlo Javel's meaning, but it includes the verse that the singer was only dreaming that their love had died. Um, Desmond Carter's version is sung by Paul Robeson, and the, and the one you heard, Diamanda Gallas, very, very heavy version. Francisco Gorindo wrote about Triste Domingo, Mareza Ngondo wrote Sombre Dimanche, and that was sung by the wolf, Serge Gainsbourg. So there's been versions in pretty much every language, Swedish, Chinese, Japanese, even Esperanto versions. So I had to jump on the bandwagon, and Eminem Lou, that's, that's me, created an anti-suicide version of the song, and me and the rapper Legs MC, we put all the different lyrics together, and then we added some hopeful raps at the end. However, I still don't know whether we're actually allowed to perform it because of the worldwide ban. And again, legends and myths abound regarding the banning of the song. Did the Budapest police ban it in Hungary to prevent the spate of suicides? Was it banned around the world for being too depressing for the airwaves? Both BBC and American radio stations banned it. And the BBC banned it more than once. They allowed instrumental versions, but not in the daytime. But even these later were banned. <laughs> now, the BBC don't actually admit to a banned list, but there is an unofficial banned list. And train spotters who monitor the song, not me, um, noted that Gloomy Sunday was played on BBC Radio 2 in 2002. So here I have about five hours of Gloomy Sunday's recordings. Um, the most popular version is Billie Holiday's 1941 recording, so I'll just quickly give you a burst of that. Flower 
going to skip now to Bjork. On the gloomy scale, quite gloomy. Some of the singers, like Elvis Costello, sound like they're just trying to sing sad, and they're not as authentic as um, someone like Paul Robeson. So this is my favourite, the Diamanda Galas version. Saddest of Sundays. Cheer up, love. Sadly, one Sunday, I waited and waited. A happy version. This is a jazz version by Greg Brogan. the subjects of films and plays a German movie in 1999 about a love triangle set in Budapest is based loosely on the songwriter's life other movies explore suicide and have the sound uh, have the song on the soundtrack 
Now, is the notoriety of the song justified? After all, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of suicide songs, from Asleep by The Smiths to Without You by Badfinger. You know, I can't live if living is without you. But both the songwriters of Without You, Pete Ham and Tom Evans, died by suicide as well. And there are also hundreds of banned songs. So the song Gloomy Sunday really needs to be put into the context of all these things and in the context of suicide rates generally. There's a lot of dubious information out there about Gloomy Sunday and perhaps many of the myths need to be taken with a pinch of salt. But the last words should maybe go to Rezo Ceres. I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man. This fatal fame hurts me. I cried all the disappointments of my heart into this song, and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it. Rezo Serres conveys the sorrows of the world and the imperfections of humanity. Now, Tom Reynolds provides a less romantic interpretation. He says the song means, I can't believe you dumped me, you ungrateful little she-whore. But it's not that the song is sad. There is a sort of terrible, compelling despair about it, others have written. So why is this song so resident, resonant? Is it the melody and the music itself? One writer puts the gloominess down to the structure of the song, the enactment of despair in music where the tension is not dissolved. Why have so many people sung this song? It's generated so much creative energy by musicians, lyricists, performers. My own hope for the song is that it can be turned around into messages of hope. So we have an anti-suicide version of Gloomy Sunday that we're going to be playing. But before I depress you with this version, I want to pay tribute to people working around the world to prevent suicide. And Scott Chisholm, who's done a brilliant um, exhibition of people left behind by suicide, and he says, asking someone about suicide doesn't put the idea in their head. It gives them the chance to let their fear out and talk about other options. Breaking the silence surrounding suicide increases realistic opportunities to save lives and to reduce suffering. Ah, well, oddly, that's cheered me right up. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to do anything silly now. Oh, well, yeah, probably just not suicide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something, something foolish, yeah. but not suicide. Yeah. Good, good. Makes me think of the Judas Priest case back in the, was it the 80s, the 90s? Ah, yes. Back masking, I believe the it term back, is. Yeah, this, this idea that, that a fan of the band had listened to one of their records backwards and, and that a, a secret message hidden... Thus inspired him to commit suicide. Yeah. What, what, was the, what was the phrase? Something like, you have spent money on a Judas Priest record. What was it meant to be? I don't know, go and do it or something. Yes, That's, do uh, it. It could have do been it, anything. Do it, do it or something. Or Paul is dead. I can't remember what's... Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's whatever you yeah. want to hear really with backward messages yeah. isn't it but EastEnders was, will never finish yeah. something like that uh, it, was, yeah. it was thrown out of court anyway it, it was but not without uh, an enormous excoriating trial by tress for, for Judas Priest yeah yeah no. and I was I was thinking about tragedies that, that do happen around around music and it's probably fair to say that it's more around the personalities of people in bands. Okay, well, I would argue differently, but carry on. Well, what's, th- your, was, what's your thesis? Well, I was thinking that when I was at uni, there was I knew someone who was who said that he would kill himself at the age of twenty-two, right? And it was because he was a Joy Division fan, and this was the age at which Ian Curtis had well, committed suicide. And, and so for him, he was attached to the you know sort of the, the cult of personality. Well, there's of, the whole cult of twenty-seven, of course, isn't there as well? Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. 
Amy Winehouse, um, your man from Nirvana, Brian, Brian Jones, Brian Jones, there's endless people. And and I don't know what it is about 27. It's the age I think that people used to think they were no longer young or something. And now that's what fifty seven. It? I'm, I'm yet to, to reach it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're we're pushing way up there. But or, or some something along those lines. But I disagree. I think you can spot when people, or you used to be able to spot when people are tending towards depressive and suicidal tendencies by the kind of music they're listening to, not the personalities of the people playing it. For example, back at uh, in my in my younger days, if someone was listening to Suzanne Vega or Joni Mitchell, they were a girl who was depressed. Um, If someone was listening to Tracy Chapman, probably the same. Um, If uh, a bloke was listening to Nick Drake, or um, uh, let's think, what else? Uh, Probably... uh, Joy Division. Joy Division or or Pink Floyd. Or Nirvana. Like the depressing Pink Floyd, like Wish You Were Here and things like that, Comfortably Numb. Then you also had to put them on suicide watch. So are you saying only the boy <clears throat> depressive boys listen to boy music and <laughs> yeah. the depressive? There's yeah. going to be letters, Dave. Real letters. <laughs> We're going to get genuine letters. Well, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> I used to have a genuine letter for once. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, anyway the, the the funny thing is, Angie. I really liked Angie's talk, and yes. and the curious thing is that she first gave that talk at the Catalyst Club in Brighton. I'm guessing when this this would be back in 2004. That's a guess around right. then, and you know we we were a little bit anxious about playing the original piece of music that there might be someone in the audience who was a bit feeling a bit low that night. We didn't want to push anybody over the edge, right? And just do and, it right there. So yeah, and 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 Angie performed the song with a violinist called Sue Bradley, and another speaker that night was was Tim Pilcher, who was talking about I think the history of sex comics. And the curious thing is that that night, Tim and Sue Bradley mm. got together, and they're Ooh. still together now. So a long-term romance came out of came out of this night. To, uh, Tim and both of them have been speakers for Auditorium. So Sue, Sue was one of our early That's uh, talks on uh, uh, yokel. Was it yogic? Extreme yoga. yoga. We, we, we've done a podcast, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yoga Bear, I think we called yeah. it. And Tim did the Hand of Glory. And Angie that night met her long-term partner, Mark, as a consequence of, of doing the talk, and they're still together again as well. So so what you're saying is the song has been misrepresented. It's actually an absolutely ace song for bringing people together when played in a group situation. It's secretly really romantic. It's a horny song. It is it a horny song. It just needs to be played in a group situation. Don't play it on, on it. If you play it on your own, you're probably going to top yourself. But play it in a room of crowded people... You're almost certain to get it. Well, you know, of course, this is the whole uh, wedding crasher stroke uh, funeral crasher theory that, uh, you know, if you if you crash a funeral, you're almost certain if you're single to get off with someone because there's nothing quite like being reminded of death to make you want to have sex. It's it's the it's the ultimate aphrodisiac. So in many ways that that does make sense. Mm, mm. And if and if you if you are at home feeling feeling a bit a bit down in the dumps and you're listening to say some joy division hmm. on on your old record player 33 right. just crank it up to 45 or even better 78 <laughs> and that will put a cheeky smile on your face and everything will seem you better you can run around doing the birdie song movements yeah now you? look we've got some got some biscuits here we have in silver foil now we have a duty of care don't we we have a duty of care we can't just do the nice biscuits that we're interested in you know the, the interesting biscuits no 
we have to cover all biscuits. We do have to cover all biscuits. So, with a deep irony, having said the word nice, we're doing Nice biscuits uh, this or, week. Or nice biscuits. No, it is definitely Nice. Or, or nice. Or, or nice. So, let's have a little bite of these, see, see how we're getting on. Mmm. Oh, mm. really nondescript, isn't Powdery. it? Powdery. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, they're really dry. <laughs> and with a, a faint and slightly annoying um, taste of coconut. Stale coconut. Yeah. I'm getting. They're crispy. That's one thing I'll say about them. They're yeah, crispy. They are. Um, yeah. That's not a very nice biscuit at all, is it, really? It's all right. Good for dunking. It's a dunker. Um, but uh, we looked up, we researched the Nice biscuit, and it's an interesting biscuit in as much as there's almost no controversy or interest in it at all, mm. apart from there's some debate as to whether... Um, Pete who, in, who invented it? Huntley and Parner or some Australian company invented it. Other than that, oh, no one really knows why it's, whether it's named after Nice, the town, or not, or whether someone just printed the word nice on in an attempt to con people into thinking it was actually a nice biscuit. And it biscuit. has no, no relation to the, to the city of Nice, does it? Uh, apparently not. In taste? No. Or uh, look. The Dutch claim they invented it as well. That's a Nizza, which I don't know if that's their name. But no, it doesn't look... I mean, this is the thing about... But biscuits that are regionally named should reflect some characteristics. So, like, the Scotch shortcake, um, you know, it's chunky, it's 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 unhealthy, and it goes well with heroin. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's the Welsh drop cake. It's dense, it's fruity, it's best served with butter. That's a bit like the Welsh. And, you know, you've got the English rich tea. It's It's dry, indigestible. And only animated by by a cup of tea, and and Gary Baldy, of course, Gary Baldy, Gary Baldy had an incredibly square head, didn't he? And and and, and, the, and large um, large black sort of squidgy <laughs> moles that that were sort of dotted yes. on his face. Yeah, that it's basically a, a representation like... of him. Yeah. I think we've covered that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so but the Nice uh, has no characteristics of a, of a rather uh, elegant Italian city at all, um, apart from that it's got coconut in. But you can't even really taste the coconut, can you? Well, it's okay. Are there anyone, is there anyone out there, anyone, who likes Nice biscuits the most? If anyone is their preferred biscuit, I will write to me, prove it. All you have to do is prove it. I don't know how you're going to prove it. That's your business. But I will give you £20. Well, I think a photo, a photo of them with a thumb up, thumbs up. Yes. Double, no, double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. And and, and a cupboard full of Nice biscuits. And a, and a Nice biscuit hanging, dangling out of the side of the mouth like a cigarette. Yes. And, and a letter then, from the Nice biscuit company saying this is our, our, our best. Maybe that's and, taking it and, too far. And, and, and let's say 20... 20 signed declarations from independent people, not friends, but like, you know, kind of yeah, lawyers, people school kind teachers, of know yeah. um, saying, <laughs> saying um, I confirm that this person, that, you know, the undernamed nice the is, is obsessed with Nice Biscuits and like, likes them more than any other. All right. That and would be, that would, I think that would clinch it. That would clinch and it. And a photo of them in Nice. With a Nice Biscuit. With with a packet of Nice Biscuits. Dressed as a Nice Biscuit. Dressed as a Nice Biscuit. And yeah. a cupboard of Nice Biscuits. They've taken, They've that taken cupboard a cupboard with them. With them behind in the picture. I think that's reasonable. And and if they're musical, a song as well. A, a song, song. A song. A song. A song dedicated to the, to the Nice Biscuit. And all they need to do, and that 20 quid is just waiting there. I'm going to stick that to that wall. Yeah. yeah I yeah. bet you, I bet you, that never gets claimed. Well, let's wait and see. One last, one last stipulation. Yep. The word niece tattooed on the forehead. Tattooed permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Auditorium Podcast with uh, with me, Dave Bramwell, and, uh, and my psychic, Mr. Dave Mountfield. <sighs> and we'll, um, well, that's, uh, come on, let, let's, you want the, let's give us the last one. I know bit. you like them. I bloody love these biscuits. <laughs> Thanks very much. Mm. Sunday is gloomy, my.
Presented by Dr. David Bramwell and Mr. David Mountfield. The producers are Lance Dan and Andrew Mailing. You can discover more about the show at oddpodcast.com. If you'd like to give a talk about something that you're passionate about at one of our venues around the UK, then email us at contact at oddpodcast.com. Sunday is gloomy with the shadows I spend it all. And you can follow us on Twitter at oddpodcastuk. Talks from the Auditorium are featured in Earnest Journal, a magazine for the curious and adventurous. If you like the Auditorium, then please leave a review for us on iTunes. Gloomy. 